Have you heard the Christmas story again and again, year after year, and you like it and it's good, but it kind of becomes old? If you have heard it again and again, good. I hope you hear it today. But to hear the details year after year, the story can become commonplace. You take it for granted. So I've invited Dr. Ray Pritchard on the program today to help us look at the events in Bethlehem a couple thousand years ago with fresh eyes. Come with us to the manger for a look at what God did for us when Jesus was born. You need that fresh perspective of the incarnation. Something good is up in store. Up in store? It's just in store. At the Radio Backyard Fence, here's how you find us online, chrisfabrylive.org. And if at any point today you want to reach us by phone, I want to give your phone number. There's a question I put on Facebook today. I said, quote, Dr. Pritchard, one of the best ways to fight against the tendency to sleep through a Christmas sermon is to focus on the details. So my question to you today is, what detail of the Christmas story stands out to you, encourages you, this year, particularly in Luke chapter 2. What detail of the Christmas story stands out or encourages you this year? 877-548-3675 is our number. 1-877-548-3675. Or you can answer on Facebook. We have a Facebook page there. We can find uh, all things Chris Fabry Live. As well, uh, Ray Pritchard's Facebook page. He has a lot of uh, teaching along this line. You can see him in front of his festive wall with his Christmas socks on, even though you don't. I'm just I'm letting you in on something. He's wearing Christmas socks. So uh, answer on Facebook. Call us. Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Joe, the prayer guy, is our producer. Tricia, consulting today. Courtney is answering your calls. And here he is, Dr. Ray Pritchard, president of Keep Believing Ministries. He's ministered overseas extensively, frequent conference speaker, author of a number of books. Our featured resource today, the one that we link there, is as an anchor for the soul. You can find it at chrisfabrylive.org. Ray Pritchard, doctor, how in the world are you? <laughs> hey, Chris, I'm doing good, and how are you doing? I'm, I'm ready. I'm just two <laughs> weeks, two weeks until the end of the year, Ray. Can you believe that? One week to Christmas, two weeks till yeah. the end of the year. I mean, it's just – and didn't we just start 2018 yesterday? I don't know where the whole year go, and here we are. It's the middle of December, and we are rushing. That's kind of how I feel. We're just yeah. rushing toward Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and then boom, start another like year. You sound like a couple of old guys. <laughs> you know, I just had my oil changed. <laughs> facts are facts, right? Yeah, you know, are. if you talk to 10-year-old kids, they're going to – it's a whole different world. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's rolling along here. Um, I want to – before we get to the surprise, because I really want to focus on the surprise. Christmas yes. was a surprise. The incarnation was a surprise. People didn't know that. Before I get to that, I want to ask you, you, you told me before we went on here – uh, that it's a different kind of Christmas for you this year. Tell me about that. Well, it is. We moved here to the Kansas City area just a, a few months ago. Our oldest son and his wife and their two kids are about a mile away from us. But outside of them, we just we just know a little tiny handful of people here. And uh, we're, we're this different kind of Christmas for us because my wife, Marlene, had just had knee surgery, knee replacement surgery about a week and a half ago. We sort of knew this was coming. I mean, you could see that you live long enough, Chris, things just wear out, right? And right, so right. we 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 saw it coming, and this is the best time of the year to have it done. But 
those of you who are out there who've had it or you've had a loved one who had that kind of big surgery, you know what I'm about to say. But we, this was a new thing for us, and I was talking to Marlene about it yesterday, and she's doing well. The doctor says it's fine, but oh, my goodness. The, the surgery is one thing. The recovery, the therapy, the physical therapy, you know, all that stuff. We're, we're, we're classified now as homebound for, huh. yeah, homebound is for the medical purposes. We're, we're in a tri-level home here and Marlene can't really get up and get around, even though she's doing good with the walker, but I mean the stairs and everything. So this year at Christmas, uh, it will be Marlene and it will be me. We're having our, our Christmas with our, son and his wife and our two grandkids this coming Saturday because her parents are coming in. And so Marlene told me yesterday or told me, no, I guess this morning she told me we're going to have potatoes and we're going to have tenderloin and all this stuff for Christmas. But here's the deal. I've been the one doing the cooking such as it is. And that's a terrifying, a terrifying <laughs> thought in the 44 Marlene, years. Marlene, <laughs> pray for Marlene now. Nobody has ever asked me to cook for them. Nobody ever has, but I've learned how to cook. Oatmeal blueberry muffins. I've made them five times, and I, <laughs> because that's what I've learned how to do so far. So it she's gonna, pretty good, Ray. I, you, I'd like to. You go send me a batch. And we made. She told me how to make <laughs> Dutch baby pancakes, and I made those the other day. And she oh. said they were. She said they were good, right? So I only have an audience of one. So if yeah. she's happy, then I'm happy. So I'm going to be doing the cooking. But anyway, it's a different kind of Christmas, new city, yes. and we're. We're, we're, we're inside the house. We're not going to be traveling anywhere. And so I, I find these are good days to reconnect with the stuff that really matters. We've been listening to a whole lot of Christmas music, Majesty Radio, then, you know, the mm-hmm. Moody Channel and all of that. And it has been different, but you can have different bad, but this has been different good, a slower pace. Uh, to Christmas as Marlene recovers from surgery. But uh, that's the news from our little corner of the world here. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Ray be gone there. I, I like that. <laughs> I, I like it, Ray. And I like the, you know, it's the season of the, of your lives that you're and, and thank God that you're able to help her that this didn't both hit you at the same time, you know? Right. Um, so, and I, I kind of facetiously pray, said, pray for Marlene about uh, what she's eating because Ray is making it. But I do, I really want folks to pray for her recovery because that's uh, the other, the other side, the other knee is going to be done in the next few weeks too. Well, so, that's right. Six or seven weeks down the road, yeah. the left knee comes. And so let me just add, thank God for pain meds. Everybody's mm-hmm. had those surgery th- and in about four hours, you know, 10 o'clock at night and two o'clock in the morning and six o'clock in the morning and all of that. Thank God for technology, doctors and pain meds. And, uh, but it's been a whole new world for us. Yeah. Completely different kind of Christmas. But like I say, different good, not different bad. And you know, it might just you saying that might spark somebody who's listening has a neighbor down the street and you didn't realize you haven't seen him for a while. Maybe something like that is going on in their lives. Check in on them or somebody from the church. You could really be, um, you know, a help to somebody else who's going through a different, a difficult kind of Christmas this year because of one thing or another. So I think that's a good reminder. And uh, again, I'll ask folks to, to pray for Marlene as as she recovers and then continues, gets ready for the, the next surgery. Uh, don't have time to develop what I want to talk about here coming up, Ray, but I, I want I want you to know, folks, if you go to chrisfabrylive.org and you link through to our Facebook page, I want to hear 
the one thing that is surprising to you that that comes back to you again, the detail of the Christmas story, particularly in Luke chapter two, that stands out to you that maybe in, has encouraged you this year over the last few weeks as you've listened to messages or you've heard songs. And then we're going to talk about the surprises. Christmas was a surprise to those who experienced that very first one. We'll detail that straight ahead on Moody Radio. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. Ray Pritchard is with us today. Dr. Pritchard is president of Keep Believing Ministries. You can find out more about him at chrisfabrylive.org. We're talking about the manger. I want to go to the manger today and look at this story that we've told year in, year out, again and again and again. And if it has become old to you, okay, that that's all right. That's an okay place to be. It's You've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it. Let's look at it with fresh eyes because Christmas was a surprise. The birth of Jesus, the incarnation, was not what we were expecting. Ray, that's the one word that came to me as I was reading this message that you prepared. You know, the the, the problem is so easy to understand. When you've been to, what, 20 or 30 cantatas, when you've watched every children's Christmas program ever, when you've listened to 20 or 30 sermons when you've sung the carols hundreds of times, which is true if you're raised in an evangelical church. That's pretty much the truth. You've heard the story. You know about the angels, the wise men, and uh, you know about the shepherds and uh, and the perilous journey from Nazareth and the Caesar. You know, all the stuff, all the great details of the Christmas story that you can you can come into Christmas and go, well, I've heard all this before. And I think one of the best ways to get around that, and it's, by the way, it's not bad. It's, it's okay to say, I've heard this before, because if you're a Christian, you have heard this before. But one of the best ways to get around that problem is to focus on the details of the story. Maybe, maybe don't do a big flyover from 50,000 feet, but you know, come down to ground level. Just take a verse or two and look at it. Think about it and ask yourself, what is this really saying? You'll find some truth there on close observation that you wouldn't see doing a quick flyover. Hmm. And I think that that's what pastors really struggle with. How are we going to make it different? How are we going to make it new? How are we going to make it fresh? How are we going to draw people in? (laughs) We're singing the same songs that we sang last year. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to make it new and fresh and different. You just go deeper into it is what I hear you say. Well, you use the word incarnation. I mean, that's the central doctrine of the Christian faith. If you don't have incarnation, which we'll talk about, right? But if you don't have that, we don't even ever get to the crucifixion. We don't even get to the resurrection unless we understand what happened when God became a man. I mean, we say the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Mm -hmm. That is the most mind-blowing statement in the world. And after after the greatest minds of the last 2,000 years have finished their discussions of it, and after the greatest preachers have finished exegeting the passages, we still don't really know how that happened because that's a God thing, Chris. That's not a man thing. That's Only God can do that. So we can, we can exegete the verses, but there is profound mystery at the heart of the Christmas story. How did this really happen? So the question is not can we fully explain it. No, we cannot. But – when we look at it, 
are we willing to be surprised once again at the stupendous fact that God joined the human race and became one of us? You can look mm. at that a thousand different ways, but okay. if you really just think about it, it's it's unbelievable. If that bores you, you know, if that bores you, I, we don't really have anything else to say because that yes. is a, that's an astounding fact. Yeah, it is. And and then to realize, if you go into the, what Paul writes then a little later on, that this was not something that was plan B for God, that this was the main – this was his plan from eternity past that all of this would take place in the fullness of time, right? Which means that God had been working on this, if you can say it that way, when the time had fully come. And, you know, it means it, it means that like a a woman about to deliver a baby, and here come the labor pains, and then here comes the baby, that all of history was about to give birth to the Son of God. So that it wasn't just that God said, uh-oh, they're really in trouble down here, and the son said, Alka, it's not like that. It's that God had arranged everything, all of history. All the pieces were in place. I'm waving my arms here, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am waving, I'm waving my arms to say all the pieces were in place. So the Magi were here, and so Caesar Augustus was over there, and here's the shepherds, and here's Herod, and here's the scribes, and all the, and, and, in, and even including the, the Pax Romana, the, the Roman peace, and everything was perfectly in place at just the right moment in just the right way. God. God came to the earth in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ through a virgin who conceived by means of the Holy Spirit. These, this is just astounding stuff. Yeah. Astounding. So, yeah, I'm getting excited all over again. Have well, we heard this before? Yeah, but we ought to get excited. You're, you saying that as a story, see, and that's where I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they've heard the Christmas story. They've heard the journey. They know how far it was, you know, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. You know, they know all that already. Right, right, right. But to, but to enter into this as a story and think of it this way. If you were to write God invading the universe as a baby, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of that, number one. <laughs> right. But if you were to write this as a Hallmark movie, and, and not picking on Hallmark, but you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. The 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 template that we have as Christians is, uh, well, he's born a, of a virgin, and he lives a holy life, and he uh, does everything right, and they crown him king, and he takes his rightful throne, and you know everybody, everybody's healed, and they go on. There's no pain. There's no struggle. There's no doubt of you know who he is. But what you see in the life of Jesus is an awful lot of pain, awful lot of struggle, an awful lot of need, an awful lot of people coming to him for healing, and him reaching out and touching them and doing that. But then doubt, even amongst the people that he called around. You see what I'm saying? It's it wasn't this of cotton candy bonbons uh, tripping through the the uh, lily pad <laughs> it uh, kind of existence that it we wasn't loved. particularly clean in the sense or, or neat it, it was not a hallmark christmas movie i watched them marlene and i have been watching them these last few days but that's that's one thing okay that's fun entertainment but you read matthew and you read luke and and there's a king who is paranoid, 
who wants to kill and in fact does order all the baby boys of Bethlehem killed. You got scribes who knew the answer didn't care enough to go six miles down the road. You've got angels showing up and, and a choir of angels making a pronouncement in the sky. And you've got shepherds scared out of their minds going to Bethlehem to find this. And you, by, by the way, at, at some point you've got these strange people from the East, right? Yes. The, the, the wise guys, <laughs> the wise men <laughs> coming from the East, following the star, all this stuff coming together. Uh, and then what happens when Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem, they can't find a place to stay. They, there was no room for them in the end. Now you can work that out any way you want, but that's a message. John one says he came into his own and his own received him not to his own place, to his own world, to his own people. They weren't ready. They weren't looking. They didn't have room for him. It's the world. The world then is the world today. So there really is a dark side to the Christmas story. It's not all candy canes and Christmas right. carols. Uh, and, you know, I, I love I, I love it when I see the kids' Christmas program. But everybody understand it wasn't as beautiful as that, right? It yeah. wasn't as it wasn't as antiseptic. That's a good word. As antiseptic yeah. Yeah. And, and, and clean is that this is yes. a you know a, a teenage girl and Joseph there and a real pregnancy and a real baby and and evidently in in a in a barn or in a stable. Not, not in a hospital somewhere. Right. So this is not the way you'd expect God to show up in the world. The uh, on Christmas Day we're going to re-air a program we did last year. This the story that I I wrote of uh, a short story about Tyrone, and they did a a pageant at this church at this fictional church. And little Tyrone was a boy that is in fo- the foster care program, and he comes in and he sits on the, the you know the third row wherever they told him to sit to keep him still and quiet, and he watches what's going on up there. And the crucifixion is part of the, the pageant that comes, you know, the life of Jesus, not just his birth. And when he sees that Tyrone, well, I won't spoil the story for you. Listen on Christmas Day, but Tyrone's reaction to it shocks everybody. And then they realize, wait a minute, that's the reaction we all ought to be having mm. at this story because he's seeing it for the very first time. And in one sense, I hope that's what happens to you today as you hear Dr. Ray Pritchard. And I want to go to your calls, 877-548-3675. Michael's in Tampa, Florida. Michael, why would you call today? Hi, uh, because I... I heard something in uh, the sermon that uh, and, and read in, in Luke 1, something that I'd never seen before, and I uh, just wanted to get your take on it, uh, uh, Dr. Pritchard. Um, I, I, I read where uh, the angel appeared to the right hand of the altar of incense to Zechariah, and he was greatly troubled. And then thinking about it, I thought, wait, that's, that's from the north. And then I thought about all the things that the Jews had suffered coming from the north, and I thought, maybe that's why Zechariah was really troubled. Uh, and, and I just wanted your opinion on that, because, you know, if, if that's where it was coming from, and that's what you know, struck him, it's like, okay, this angel's coming from the north. Uh, usually bad things have come to us from the north. That, that may have affected uh, how he was thinking about things. Well, it's a tremendous observation, because... Isn't that where the trouble did come from? The Assyrians come, 
you know, they're off in the east, but you got to follow the Fertile Crescent to get to Jerusalem. So they they would go west and then would come south, meaning they would come from north to south. That, how did Nebuchadnezzar come to Jerusalem? I mean, he came three times until he finally burned the city to the ground. So the, the worst news you could hear in Jerusalem is, uh-oh, somebody, there's an army coming from the north. Uh, trouble, yeah, pack your bags, better get out of town. Something bad is about to happen. So maybe there really is something to that. The Zechariah, uh, the angels coming from the north, maybe Maybe he was worried about what the angel was going to say. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Uh, that's, that, that deserves a little more study than I can give it here, but that's an interesting observation. And here is that of, let me just read that, those couple of verses. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, this is uh, Luke 1, 11, standing, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and overcome with fear, but the angel said, do not be afraid, and then it follows from there. Um, at the same time, I don't want to make too much out of what I don't know as well, you know, and, and uh, to, to make a point of theology about uh, whether it was north, west, east, or south. The main import was the message that, that Zechariah was given. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And you will name him John. He will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. It was that that was the main thing. And yet, I I, I don't want to you know to spike the altar of incense either, right? Well, certainly in Luke one and Luke two, whenever the angels show up, the people are scared to death. Right. This goes back to the Christmas pageant problem because we get the cute kids to be the angels, right? <laughs> or you know, or we get the fifth grade boys, you know, and some of the girls, and they're going to be the angels, and it's cute and funny. There was nothing cute and funny. I mean, what's the very first words you have to go to Luke two? What's the very first words when the when the angel of the Lord is speaking to the shepherds? The very first thing he says, "Fear not." Why? Because they were scared to death. Because angels bring with them a revelation of the glory of God. So Zechariah, with, who knows about the north part, but certainly he was right to be scared to death, shocked when an angel suddenly shows up. And I think, Chris, if a genuine angel from God showed up to you right now or to me, we would yes. be we would be scared to death too. Boom, we're on the floor. I see somebody online responded to uh, much the same of this question and referred to the, the Gospel of John when Jesus told the fishermen, cast the net on the right side of the ship. Uh, you know, so you can, you can look at some of those things that have happened in scripture, but I, I still go back to the, it was the message of the angel that was sure. the sh- shocking thing, the important thing, the surprising thing to John, right? Well, absolutely. Your wife's going to be pregnant. She's going to give birth to a son. You're going to call his name John. And Elizabeth evidently was able to accept that. But uh, Zechariah, he did not. And so the Lord took his ability to speak away until he came out and wrote, the the boy's name will be John. Then suddenly his voice came back, just showing us that the first angel was a shocking thing, the message even more shocking, that here is the one who is going to be the forerunner for the Son of God. Fantastic. Michael, glad you called today. Here's Sheila before we take a quick break here on Chris Fabry Live. Hi, Sheila. Go right ahead. Hi, Chris. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Good. 
my question is about uh, verse 22, the latter part, where it says that Joseph and Mary took him to present him to the Lord. When it says the Lord there, are they talking about God, or are they talking about how sometimes you say, my Lord and my God, or my Lord and my master, you're talking to another human being, or were they taking him to the priest, or were they taking him to present him to God himself? Yes. Good question. And this is Luke two twenty two. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Ray, what do you say? Well, this is one case where it's a great question and the Bible answers the question because Lord could mean in certain contexts a human being, but in this context, it absolutely means the Lord God of the universe because verse 23 says, as it is written in the law of the Lord. And so they presented Jesus to the Lord, dedicated him to the Lord as the law of God commanded them to do. You know, Something just sparked, and I want to. I don't have time here to talk about it. Ray Pritchard's with us. Sheila, thanks for the question. 877 548 3675 is our number. Dr. Ray Pritchard of Keep Believing Ministries is with us. We're talking about the surprise. Here is a surprise that I thought of with Sheila's call, and that is I've always thought of Jesus fully fulfilling prophecies, fully fulfilling the uh, righteousness that he had to fulfill in order to be the perfect sacrifice. But the surprise here is he depended on Mary and Joseph to do what they were told, to follow these ordinances, to follow the prescribed law, to, when he was in danger, to take him to Egypt. So, I, I've always seen Jesus as fully submitted to God's will in the garden, you know, with every step that he took toward the cross. But as a helpless baby, he was fully dependent on the human beings that God had chosen to do what they were supposed to do in this story as well. That's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it part of God's providence that he found the right man and he found the right woman? Probably you know, Joseph may be in his 20s, Mary may be in her teens. Nobody really knows for sure, but obviously very young. And yet Mary completely devoted to the Lord. You can read the Magnificat in, in, in Luke 1. You can read the story of Joseph and he, we don't, you know, we don't get as much detail about Joseph, but we're told he was a just man. He was a good man. He was a believing man. So here's a, here's a, a mother. Here's a father, not the physical father, but he was the father of the family. And together, they they took on the eighth day, they took Jesus to be circumcised according, or they circumcised him on the eighth day according to the law. They took him up to Jerusalem at the appointed time and made the sacrifice according to the law. They took him to Egypt to, to, to for safety so that he would not be killed along with the babies of Bethlehem, you can say a lot, 
about Jesus' obedience to the law. But Chris, that's a great thought you've just given us. Not just that Jesus kept the law, which he perfectly did, but his parents made sure that the parts of the law that he as a baby could not fulfill in himself as a baby, they did it for him. So what a what a what a marvelous lesson about the power of godly parents who love the Lord and feared the Lord enough to do the right thing and protect their little baby boy. And this sparked too because of Luke one when the angel says to Zechariah, um he will be great in the sight of the Lord, will never drink wine or beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother mother's womb, you know, a Nazarite. Um, and so in order for that to happen as a child, then Zechariah and Elizabeth have to be faithful. You know, so right, people right. ask, you know, you know, what was God's <laughs> sovereignty, God's sovereignty overall? Well, absolutely, but he uses human beings he we participate in this whole thing with him and and his sovereignty does not negate our responsibility to respond well and you see the humanity there Zacharias i mean he at first simply doesn't believe what god has just said okay that's a very human thing joseph when he finds out mary is pregnant and he's not the father uh, what's he going to do he resolves to put her away privately to avoid any embarrassment or any shame. He does what he needs to do at that point. And then the angel comes and says, fear not to take Mary as your wife for the, which is conceived in her is by the Holy spirit and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from the sin and fulfillment of Isaiah seven. And Oh man, from, I was going to put her away privately to now this baby is going to be the fulfillment of prophecy. I don't know how I would have responded, but God bless Joseph. Yes. What yes. a good man he was. What an honorable man. At every step along the way, he is trying to do the right thing. And I think I've been saying this over the last couple of months. It's just been this phrase that keeps coming back. I did a whole program on there's something bigger going on. I yes. think Mary and Joseph were able to see, boy, there's there's something bigger. And then it's confirmed by, you know, the the angel the angels that came to them. Um, the the shepherds are are realizing there's something bigger here than just us tending our sheep. So here you have the shepherds. At least we can say, boy, that's an unusual thing to do, right? Christmas <laughs> is full of surprises, right? So yes. we're not we're not starting at the temple we're not starting with the scribes. We're out here with the shepherds in the night. They're taking care of the they're taking care of the flock. And behold, right? I love that. Behold, an, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And in the King James just hit me. It says, and they were sore, sore afraid, sore <laughs> afraid. That's an expression we would never use today. And I was looking at, the, at, at this version. It says they were just flat out terrified. Well, yes. I guess I guess I would be too in the middle of the night because you're just kicking around, talking to the guys, you know, watching the sheep, and it's you're just trying to get make the hours pass, right, and making right. sure the no wild animals come and attack the sheep and nobody steals them. But you know, you're just doing your thing out there. And suddenly here comes an angel and here comes the glory of the Lord. Yeah, I would be sore afraid too. God shows up in some amazing ways in the Christmas story. I mean, kind of the point we've been trying to make, it is full 
of surprises. You, what they're waiting for is a predator. They're trying to keep their flock safe. Right. And so lights and voices and a proclamation is going to you know, wake <laughs> you up real fast. As a matter of fact, when we come back from a break, I want you to deal with the 12th verse. It's the angels uh, said to them, don't be afraid for, look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. And so when we come back, I want you to talk about that sign, Ray, and we'll continue the conversation here at the Radio Backyard Fence. Dr. Ray Pritchard of Keep Believing Ministries is with us today. We're looking at the manger. We're going to linger here a little bit today. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Today, a Savior who is the Messiah, whose Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. Ray, take us there. So you hear that fantastic verse 11, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign If I'm thinking about this on my own, I'm going, okay, the moon's going to turn to blood. The angels are going to be singing. There's going to be astronomical things happening. There's going to be a really big deal. That's how you're going to know that the Savior has been born. Uh, Because that word there that's translated sign, it's it's a word that could be applied to a great miraculous event like um, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea or the, the falling of the walls of Jericho. It's a sign, a miraculous sign that God has done. So, Chris, I think of it this way. Suppose somebody from another country comes to the U.S. and and, and they don't know who the president is or, or how will I know who the president is? What's the sign of the president? You go, well, go to Washington. There's a big house there. It's called the White House. And when you see this person come out, he's going to be surrounded by all these Secret Service people. He's got his own helicopter and he's got his own plane and he's got a band. And when the band plays Hail to the Chief, when you see all that stuff and all the people around him, you're going to know that's the sign of the president. All the pomp and ceremony and, you know, the TV cameras, all of that. That's the sign of the president. What's the sign of the Savior of the world? Here's the sign. A baby wrapped in, well, I, I can't get away from the King James swaddling yeah, yeah. clothes. Yes. R- r- strips of rags, strips of rags just wrapped around the baby. Lying in a, you said feeding trough. We, we say a manger sounds so much cleaner, but yeah, you're right. Feeding trough, a, a feeding trough where the cattle would come. Okay. And, and, and maybe just, it could have been scooped out of the rocks. Maybe you go to Israel today, they'll show you these ancient mangers. They just, they're just carved out of rocks. It doesn't look very comfortable. Okay. The savior of the world, find a baby wrapped in rags in a feeding trough. There, there's God's sign. It's contra everything we would think. That is the, that it may be one of the great shocking surprises of Christmas. God doesn't announce it on Broadway. He doesn't announce it with all the fanfare that, that we have today in the 21st century. Just go find a baby. And the word means, you know what the word translated baby means? It means baby. Yeah. Just, I just, <laughs> just there's no tricks. Chris, there's no tricks. Find a baby wrapped in rags. And not in some fancy crib. You know, we, we had one of our grandkids visit and they had all the pop-up cribs and I figured out how to do it. It's so cool. Nothing like that. 
I would not put my grandkids willingly into a feeding trough, but that's where the Son of God was put because that's the only place Mary and Joseph could find because there was no room for them in the inn, so they were out there in the stable, the barn, whatever you want to call it, the most unlikely way that Almighty God would enter the human race. But this is how God does things. He turns the values of the world upside down. And that gives us great hope, I think, Ray. You know, no matter your station, no matter as you're listening here today, that God would care enough for you to condescend like that, to wrap himself as uh, Chris Rice talks about, wrap his himself in flesh to dwell among us. Uh, Heidi, our pal Heidi, who listened to the program, wrote me, and she juxtaposes Luke 2 with Luke 23. And she said, every time I hear the Christmas story and the cloth, the linen he was wrapped in, I immediately think of the end of the story toward the end of his earthly life. And Luke 2, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. And then Luke 23, then they took him down, his body, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb, cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. And you have the beginning of the story the, the the wrapping in cloth, the ending or the appearance, it appears to be the end of the story, wrapped in linen cloths and put in the tomb and then is sealed away. There's a lot of significance in there. Jesus exited the world the way he entered, bound and helpless. There are little hints inside the Christmas story of what is going to happen to the Son of God. We mentioned earlier the circumcision of our Lord, and when the Puritans wrote about this, they said those first drops of blood prefigured the ultimate sacrifice of the Son of God. So those little things, the little things in the Christmas story, they they ought to, they ought to remind us that God knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't just send his Son to visit. He sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And let me say to any of you who are listening, here's the good news. No matter where you are or what you've done or, or, or how bad, bad off you may feel about your life right now, Jesus came for you. He's no front runner. He didn't come to the rich or exclusively for the rich, no matter where you are or, or, or how down you may feel. Our Lord entered this world bound like a baby. He ended up lying in a tomb bound in those in the shroud right so that three days later he could rise which means that when you come to him he will forgive you he'll receive you he'll give you new life so don't let christmas pass you by don't be just an observer understand he came for you and now the time has come for you to come to him and urge you to do that right now and the Angels look on this and they wonder at this because they could only proclaim it. They couldn't be Savior. Only one 
who was a kinsman redeemer could. You know, Jesus was our kinsman redeemer. You got to go back to the Old Testament and look at that. But he did not just wrap himself in flesh and then tell us how bad we are and how hopeless we are without God and then ascend to heaven, but laid down his own life for you and me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, this is the good news that we're talking about. The, the baby didn't stay in a manger, and that wrapped body didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again to new life, and he offers that to us, doesn't he, Ray? And that's there right now for any of our listeners. We say, come to Christ. That's the best decision you'll ever make. He came for you. Now, will you come to him? And that means this, uh, this surrender, this submission to him that God has the plan and you and I don't. He has the way to himself. You and I can't make our own way because we're not holy. We're not righteous. Reach out for that today. Call on him. And he will come in and he will change you from the inside out. And I would encourage you, you know, keep listening to Moody Radio. Uh, talk with somebody about this who's down that trail with you or call the, the folks that need him. 1-888-NEED-HIM. Reach out today and respond and tell someone else and then begin that journey that, that Jesus will walk with you through each day. And Anchor for the Soul is a great resource that will help you do that. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, we've got that link right there, chrisfabrylive.org. Oh, this has been great, Ray. Thanks a lot for your uh, help today and and, uh, hugs and prayers for Marlene, okay? Thank you all the way around. It has been a wonderful hour. Chris Fabry Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.